Today, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you take your copy of God's Word and be finding the book of Psalms, Psalms 92? And we're going to be looking there together. I do want to remind you that we're in a teaching series called Palm Tree Living, and it's learning to live the good life. And we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. I do want you to know, and I hope that you'll be praying about this. I have finished the book called Palm Tree Living. It'll be coming out. And what I do want you to do is make sure you get one by at least 50 copies for all your friends. That'll be a good thing. So, guys, that's coming out, and it's coming down the pike. I want you to look the title today with me, and I want y'all to shout it out like you love Jesus. Are y'all ready? Here we go. Sounds like a, uh, a an exercise class. We're going to do it good. Are y'all ready? I feel great on the inside, and I'm... Oh, y'all got to do better than that. You got to do better than that. Everybody say it together. I feel great on the inside, and I'm showing it on the outside. Did you know that's what God wants to do in your life? God wants you to feel great on the inside. He wants you to show it on the outside. The spiritual life is an inside job. It's God operative and working inside you to, to glorify himself in and through you, to manifest himself through your life. God sets up residence inside you when you become a child of God. And the Bible says what? Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God resides on the inside of you? Think about today as we started off. I said to all of you that I want you to stand and I want you to take a moment. And I want you to rediscover who God is in your life. I wanted you to stand today and reach down deep and realize that your God is not dead. Your God is not absent. Your God is not disengaged. Your God is not disconnected from you. But your God God lives on the inside of you. It's not the God in the cathedrals. It's not the God in the stained glass windows. It's not the God in the buildings and the structure and the facilities, but it is God in you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And because of that, I want you to know that God wants to do an inside work in you so that he can manifest himself through you and out of you. And I believe the radiancy of the Spirit of God, the glow of the countenance of God, will be evident in your life. And today we're going to learn about that. So take your Bible, if you would, and let's look to the book of Psalms, and let's open up there to Psalms 92. The Bible tells us there in Psalms 92, beginning in verse number 12. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. The what? The righteous, underline that in your Bible, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. They're going to do that to show the world and to show the world that God the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, that there is no unrighteousness in him. In other words, what God is doing in me and, and, and as he works in me, there's going to be a manifestation of what God is doing in my life and he's going to magnify that and demonstrate that according to verse number 15 to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. When I look at verse number 12, the first thing I realize is there's a qualifier for that victory. In verse number 
12, it says the righteous, the righteous shall flourish. Now we have to realize, and I've told you this before, that we're not righteous in ourselves. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. But when we come to know Jesus as our Savior, God takes away our unrighteousness and he gives us the righteousness of Christ. Thank God for that. We're clothed, not with our own clothes of righteousness, but with the righteousness of Jesus because we're covered by the blood of the Lamb. Can I get an amen? And in that blood of the Lamb resides and magnifies the righteousness of Christ in, in us and over us. Because of that, we're cleansed by the blood. We're covered by the blood. The righteousness of Jesus becomes the very robe that we wear. We're wearing the robe of righteousness because of what Jesus did for us. Because of that, the Bible says the righteous. Now that doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we are forgiven. Thank God for that. The Word of God says they're going to be like a palm tree. We talked about that. What does that mean? But I want you to look there at verse number 13. And this is Brother Jackie's verse. Y'all cannot have this verse. This verse belongs to me. It says, those that be planted where? In the house of the God shall flourish. That's my word. That's not your word. That's my word. Because you know what I won't say what, Brother Jackie? I want to flourish, man. I don't want to be a stagnant, dead believer. I don't want to be one that doesn't have life to him. I want, I, want my, I want the life of Jesus to be magnified through me. I don't want to be an old, cold, dead Christian like I'm just all, all grumpy. And I don't want to be like that. I, I want to come into the church of God, and I know y'all don't believe this, but I want to come into the church of God, and I want to have energy and life and magnify the resurrected power of Christ in my life. I want to I be able to say, not fake it, I want it to be real, I want it to be authentic, that when you see me, you can say, you know what about that guy? He is planted in the house of God, and he's going to flourish. That's what he's doing. He's flourishing in the courts of our God. And I want you to know that's Brother Jackie's verse. And verse 14 is Brother Jackie's verse as well. You know why? Because it says, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. You know what I've learned about me? I know you don't believe this, but I'm getting older. Don't giggle. It's true. I really am. I'm getting older. I used to have hair. I used to look really uh, okay, but now I look really good. And the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> I'm getting older. But you know what I want to do when I get old? Say what, Brother Jackie? I, I want to have fruit in my life. I, I want to I be able to see God working in me. I don't want to just be going through the motions. I don't want to just show up at church. I don't want to just sing a song. I don't want to just preach a message. I just don't want to do a warm over kind of thing. I want God to move in my life and to flourish in my life. And, and I, want to, I want to bring forth fruit in my old age. And I want to be fat. Look at verse 14. It gives me permission to do that. Look at what it says. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now I want you to know the fat is not physically fat. But what that means is there's going to be some fatness of the spirit in my life because there's fatness of the spirit in my life uh, it's going to cause me to flourish that's what God wants to do with us and when I look at that the more that we know Jesus <clears throat> the more that we walk with the Lord the longer that we connect with him the longer that we're saved we're supposed to become more and more magnified in Christ and the flourishing ought to get us more more evident in our life so when I thought about that, I thought, man, you know what? I feel great on the inside. I'm going to show it on the outside. I feel great on the inside. I'm going to show it on the outside. Why? Because God's living in me. 
God's living in me. Do y'all understand that? Say amen. I mean, we're not talking about the God of Muhammad. We're not talking about the God of Buddha. We're not talking about the God that's made up. We're not talking about the God of this world. But we're talking about the God that the Bible says in the beginning, God and everything begins to happen. I know it's hard for y'all to understand, but I know I'm going to tell you this. He lives in me. He lives in me. Do y'all, do y'all with me? Say amen. Y'all look at me like, really? Yes, he really does live in me. That God that will never die. That God that conquered death, hell, and the grave. That God that gave victory. That God that overpowered the devil. That God that has conquered sin and death and the grave. That God that resurrected from the grave. That God that called the dead out of the grave. That God that raised the dead. That God that healed the leper. That God that caused the blind to see. That God that parted the Red Sea. That God that can do anything lives inside of me. Through the person of the Holy Spirit. When I look at that, I think, good night. How can you just be okay with that? How can you just not be excited about that? I go preach and I look at people like y'all and I think, what's wrong with y'all? I go, good night. What's wrong with the churches? What's wrong with Christians? Good grief. We got God living on the inside of us. And today I want to share with you what you need to do to get that. Are y'all ready? Can I get an amen? Y'all look like y'all need me just to give you a dose of this. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you a dose of it. Let's look at point number one today. And that is this. The outward manifested expression of my inward life. Boy, that's important. That's a mouthful. My outward manifested expression of my inward life. What does that mean? That means God wants to manifest himself in you and through you. And that manifested expression of my inner life means that God wants me to flourish. He, he wants me to flourish. That's what he says in Psalms 92. You, you can't show what you don't have. Did y'all hear that? You can't manifest what you don't have. If you don't have God living in you, listen to me. If you've got religion living in you, and that's all you got living in you, then you're going to manifest death. That, that's what you're going to manifest. What's in the well will come up in the bucket. What's ever in here is going to come out of you. And so if you've got death in you, death's going to come out of you. If you have anxiety in you, anxiety's going to come out of you. If you have defeat in you, defeat's going to come out of you. If you've got depression in you, depression's going to come out of you. If you have whatever you've got in you is going to come out of you. And so whatever has priority in your life, whatever has that hold of you is going to come out of you. If you've got love in you, love's going to come out. If you've got joy in you, joy's going to come out. If you've got peace in you, peace is going to come out. Whatever's on the inside of you is going to come out of you, and you cannot manifest what you don't have. I'm afraid that a lot of churches today, when I look around and I preach, whether it's in the, the country or out of the country, and I look at people and I think, good night. Uh, look at churches, look at believers, and I think that a lot of times people have settled for less than the best. They've settled for a, a type of, of God rather than the real God. They've settled for a religious experience rather than a conversion. They've, they've settled for just a renovation of life than a new life. So you can't express what you don't have. If you've got Jesus, you ought to be able to express that. Can I get an amen? If you've got victory, how many of you believe you ought to express victory? If you've got a God that's alive, how many of you believe you ought to express that God that's alive? How many of you believe that the God that's alive inside you is the God that's alive on the mountaintop and in the valley? 
He's, a, he's the God of the midnight hour like the, like the God of the daybreak morning. He's, he's a God, he's a God that, that lives in us. And what does God want to do? He wants us to outwardly manifest the expression of my inward life, and he wants me to flourish. Let's remind ourselves, what does the word flourish mean? The word flourish means to say it with me. What? To grow. To what? Thrive. To achieve success. To what? To be adorned. To be displayed. To say it with me. To what? Twirl. Uh, to be in a state of activity or production. To reach a height of development or influence. Who wouldn't want to be like that? Who wouldn't want to live their life like that? If you would say, Brother Jackie, I'm not interested, then you need, I mean, you got some problems, man. Because what does God want to do? He wants you to flourish. Watch this. He wants to take you from where you are to where you can be. He wants to find you here and move you there. He wants to prosper you. He wants to sanctify you. He wants to develop you. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to move in you. He wants to manifest himself in and through you. And so when I looked at it together, I look at that, 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 that definition and I say to myself, is that what you want with your life? Do you want to grow? Do you want to thrive? Do you want to achieve success? Do you want to prosper? Do you want to be adorned? Do you want to be displayed? Do you want to learn to twirl? Do you want to be in a state of activity or production? Do, do you want to reach a height of development or influence? And I have to tell you that when I ask myself that question, I have to say, sign me up for that one. Amen. Sign me up. Can I get an amen? Anybody else sign me up? Because you know what? The opposite of that is defeat. The opposite of that is discouragement. The opposite of that is withdrawal. The opposite of that is dis all these terrible things. And I believe that people that, are no, that know God is, as their God and Jesus as their Savior, man, they ought to be flourishing. I believe our churches ought to be flourishing. I believe that in, in our world today, for all the believers that say they're believers, we ought to have packed houses every Sunday. You, you shouldn't be able to get in the church on Sunday. Can I get an Amen. As a matter of fact, this ought to be the most exciting place on planet Earth. When people, I mean, if you've got a bunch of flourishing people here, it ought to be the, one of the most magnificent, exciting places on planet Earth. And I believe that God wants that because he's living in us. I want you to notice the second thing. It's powerful to me. The palm tree expresses its inward life on the outside through its evergreen leaves. Uh, that's how it expresses that. And, and the palm tree expresses what's going on in the palm tree because when you look at the leaves, they're green. You know, if you look at trees today and they don't have any leaves on them, what does that say, everybody? The tree's dead. The leaves exemplify the life of the tree. So the palm tree, when you look at a palm tree, and man, the more I study this and the more I've dug in, the more I've learned about this, and everywhere I look, I'm going, ah, there's a palm tree, there's a palm tree, there's a palm tree. And I go, my goodness, look at it. And you know what I've noticed about all of them? Say what? They got green leaves. They got green leaves everywhere. They, I mean, they're, doesn't matter where you look, they got green leaves. They, they don't lose their leaves. They don't change. They're just life. They're just living. They manifest that. And I want you to write this down. This is not on your notes, but you've got to get this, y'all. Y'all got to write this down. There's two things I want you to write down about that before. No, don't, don't go there yet. Don't go there. Go, go back. Don't go there yet because what I'm about to tell you is not on the outline. 
I want you to know that in order to have evergreen leaves, it is a work of faith. Write that down. It is a work of faith. You've got to have faith. Your faith has got to be strong. It's got to be a working faith. You've got to have a faith. You've got to have a work of faith in your life. The Bible says without faith it's impossible, please God. Without, but if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say this mountain be thou cast and removed into the sea and it will be done to you. Without faith, it's impossible, please God. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Through faith, you've got to have a work of faith. You've got to write that down. Your faith has got to get strong. You've got to have a faith that's real and a work of faith. But not only do you have to have a work of faith, write this down. You've got to have a work of faithfulness. Faithfulness. What blows my mind is how many people are not faithful. How many people want blessings without being faithful? How many people want their leaves green, but they don't have any faith and they're not faithful? It blows my mind. People come in the church, man, and, and we'll, we'll preach and give an invitation. The altar fills up. People get saved. Lives get changed. They'll come in, man. They're all fired up. Their leaves are green, man. They're branching out. They're fired up. They're excited about life. And then after a while, they're not faithful. And listen, when you lose your faithfulness, you will lose life. Your spiritual life has got to be developed through faith and it's got to be developed through faithfulness. God operates in the realm of faith. It is your faith that you exercise and your faithfulness that you demonstrate that all of a sudden there's life and that life is sustained and that life is green and vibrant and alive. Y'all know this, when you look at that palm tree and the palm tree expresses its inward life on the outside through its what kind of leaves? Do y'all know I don't even sign a letter in black ink? I don't even sign my name in black ink. I sign every letter, every time I sign my name it's in green ink. I don't even, do, is that not true, Steph? Every time, every time my secretary bring me letters in, I sign green ink. If you get a letter from me, it's a green ink. You know why? I don't even want black ink on my life. <clears throat> I want green ink, man. Somebody asked me the other day, he said, Brother Jacob, why do you sign all your letters in green ink? I said, because it means life, man. Everything around me has got to be life. I want life around me. So I want to sign my letters not in black ink, but green ink. Because it means I've got life. And I'm going to tell you, every child of God ought to have life. Life. Can I get an amen? Now look at the next thing. I want you to jot it down. It's powerful. Those evergreen leaves speak unmistakably of a constant supply of water. That's what leads, you know, the, the palm tree, the roots go down deep and it, 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 deep, it dives to the depth of the, of the ground to find the nourishment that it needs. And that nourishment is water. And that water represents the Holy Spirit. And, and those evergreen leaves speak unmistakably of a constant supply of the Spirit working in your life. You can't do that by yourself. You've got to have the Holy Spirit working and moving and living in your life unrestricted. And I want you to open your Bible to the book of Psalms. Are y'all with me? <clears throat> the book of Psalms, let's open it up. Let's look at it together. And when you see it, you've got to open your Bible to the book of Psalms because I want you to jot down a couple of things. The book of Psalms, chapter 1 and verse number 1, says this with me. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Come on now, help me, church. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Come on now. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. How many of you would say, that's, that's what I want? I want my life to be like that. All right, let's go back to verse number one because you need to see this. It's gonna make some of you mad, but that's the way it goes. <clears throat> okay, Psalms one, verse number one. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of the scornful. You know what that means? You can't, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. You cannot, you cannot have a vibrant life in Christ if, if you're going to live one part of your life in sin and, and, and disobeying God and doing what you want to do. And then really, do, do you really think you're going to have a, a prosperous life with that? Let me tell you something. You cannot come to the altar on Sunday and then play footsies with the world the rest of the week. You cannot lay half of yourself on the altar and connect with the world the rest of the time. It's amazing to me. You, you, can't, you can't say, well, I want, I want to pursue God in the holiness. And, and man, you drink all, all, the, re all the week. You, you do drugs and you, you do all that. And you think, man, I want God. I want God to manifest himself in my life. You cannot live like that. That, you, you, can't, you can't get what God wants to give you when you have sin that restricts the flow of God in your life. You, you, can't, you can't run around with everything that's got a skirt on it. You can't go to bed with everybody you want to go to bed with. You can't, you listen, you can't have sex outside of marriage. You, you can't do all that stuff and then say, God, I want you to bless me. Because God don't work that way. You cannot live one way this time and want God to bless you on this time. Because if you're living like that, you're called a fake. And you're going to restrict the flow of God in your life. <clears throat> you can't live like that. There's some of you right now, you're living, you, you say, well... I want to be successful. I want God to bless me. I want the joy of the Lord. I won't, I won't, I won't. But yet at the same time, you're letting the flesh interfere with your life. You're doing things you shouldn't do. You're involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. You're watching things you shouldn't watch. You're listening to things you shouldn't listen to. You're talking in ways that you shouldn't talk. And then you're wondering what's wrong with your spiritual life. God cannot honor that kind of life. The Bible says your delight has got to be in the law of the Lord. Circle that word delight. It's an interesting word. The word delight means your purpose or your desire has got to be in what does God say. And you have to learn to meditate day and night in that. In other words, you marinate in everything that God is saying so he can manifest himself through your life. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water 
that brings forth his fruit in his what? Season. Now let's don't rush. Let's look at the word fruit in verse number three. The word fruit, when you study that word, we find that there is a manifestation of fruit in three ways. Now write this down. It's not in your notes. Write this down. There is the fruit of the ground. The fruit of the ground. The ground manifests a harvest or a fruit. So the Bible says that you will have a manifestation of the fruit of the ground. That's the work of your hands. That's your labor. That's what you do. That's what is produced on through this, this, the, the ground, the earth, the, what God will use you to do. So you got a manifestation of the fruit of the ground. But watch this. Write this down. Not only do you have a manifestation of the fruit of the ground, but you have a manifestation of the womb. The womb. That's where birth is given. That, that is the seed of your life. The Bible tells us that there is fruit of the womb. Who wouldn't want their kids to be blessed? Who wouldn't want their grandkids to be blessed? Who, who wouldn't want their family to be blessed? If you want your life to be blessed, then you've got to do this kind of thing. So not only do you have the fruit of the ground or the fruit of the womb, but watch this. You have the fruit of your actions. Whatsoever a man sows, tell me, that shall he also reap. How you act is going to produce something. So, so you look at your life and you say, well, Brother Jack, I want blessings in my life. Well, who are you hanging out with? What are you doing? How are you living your life? How faithful are you to God? How desperate are you to know God? How sincere are you to walk with God? And the Bible says that if you will do these things, then you're going to see that you're going to be prosperous. But you have to realize that there are conditions to that. Then the Bible tells us about this next verse. It says that in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, say it with me, everybody. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of what? Living water. Listen, look at me. That's an inside job. That's what God does in you. Out of your, out of your depth, the depth of who you are, there's going to be living waters that's going to be flowing. And that flowing of that living water is a powerful demonstration of what God wants to do through his Holy Spirit. And then the leaves are the tree's testimony of the constant unfailing witness of its hidden, unseen life. The leaves are the tree's testimony of the constant, unfailing witness of the hidden, unseen life. You look at a tree and you see the leaves, but there, in order to have the green leaves, there has to be something going on inside that tree. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is what, say it with me, church, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How are, what's going on here? How, how does your leaves stay so green? How, how, how do you make it through the dark night? 
How do you keep your head up when you're walking through the valley? How do you keep your faith when you're facing the Goliath? I'll tell you how. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in me. And the Bible says in the next verse, it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And you shall be witnesses both in me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, there's a little children's song that, that we've learned early on in life. This little light of mine, what am I going to do? Let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Not going to let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Can I give an amen? You say, well, Brother Jackie, y'all used to get excited singing that song. Used to sing it with joy. Let me tell you something. If we were to just dismiss right now, go down to where them kids are and say, little boys and girls, sing that song for us. This little light of mine. Oh, they'd be so happy. Well, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, 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 shine. Not going to let Satan it out. Boy, they're just so happy. And you know what I think? Sometimes kids get it better than we do. I think they recognize a God that lives in them can let the light shine no matter what. You, my friend, have forgot that. You, my friend, have forgotten that. You have forgotten this. Less of me, more of Jesus. 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 In my darkest hour, less of me, more of Jesus. In my struggles, less of me, more of Jesus. In my good times, less of me, more of Jesus. Wherever I am in life, less of me, more of Jesus. And I'm going to let my light shine whether I'm on the mountain or whether I'm in the valley. Whether I'm in the midnight hour or the breaking brilliance of the sunlight of the early morning, I'm going to let Jesus shine through me. Why? Less of me, more of Jesus. Look at the next thing. It's powerful. Like the palm tree, Christians are spirit supplied. We are spirit empowered. We are adorned with a God-given testimony to be displayed in order to positively influence a lost and dying world in Christ. We've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and when people look at us, they ought to say, my goodness, you are, you are a Christian that displays the glory of God in a world that desperately needs Jesus. John chapter 12 and verse number 13 says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me, Jesus said. The next verse says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savors, it, it, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Oh, come on now, read it with me, church. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Can I get an amen? That's what our church is going to be. They ought to be the light of the world. The manifest glory of God, the power of God, the presence of God ought to be so real in this place. 
that the world out there would say, there's the city I want to go to. There's the light I want to run to. There is where I need to be. Why? Because it's the only place in our world that shines the light of hope in a lost and dying world. Churches, we've got to get that again. Can I get an amen? Now let's think about it real quick. The palm tree expresses its inward life on the outside by its uprightness. In other words, it is an upright tree. It grows strong and tall. The word in Psalms 92, 12 says these words, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The word palm is an interesting word. It means to mar. It means to be upright. It needs to be upright. We need to be upright people. We need to be people that have integrity and character about us. And we ought to be people that live with the right life and the right standards and we ought to walk in the light as he is in the light and we ought to demonstrate the glory of God in and through us. Why? Psalms 92, 15 says to show that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. When people look at your life, they'll say, You're, the God you serve is a good God. The God that you serve is a God of integrity. The God that you serve is a God of truth. Why? Because that's how you are. You walk with integrity. You walk with truth. You walk with uprightness about you. And because of who you are and who you demonstrate, the God that you serve must be good. He must be right. He must be a God that you can trust because you demonstrate that to us. Now I want you to look at the thing that's so important. The palm tree shows majesty and royalty on display. When I think about a palm tree, I think about palaces. I think about Jesus riding into Jerusalem and them taking the palm trees and screaming out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. The palm trees all, all represent the kingly manifestation of royalty. And the Bible says that you are ambassadors for Christ. We represent the royalty of Jesus as though, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's name that you be reconciled to God. Why? Because you represent royalty. That's who you represent. When I thought about that, I thought, I wrote this down, and I thought, man, it's royalty on display. When people see you, they see the royalty of God. When people watch your life and they see how you operate at work, you don't gripe like everybody else on the job. You don't, you don't, you don't act like that. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't demonstrate that on the job. You demonstrate royalty. You understand how to walk like royalty how to manifest royalty in your demeanor and how you, how you demonstrate that. You, you're the best employee the company's got. Why? Because you're an ambassador for Christ. You're the best husband there is. Why? Because you're, you're, the, you're an ambassador for Christ. You're the best wife there is. Why? Because you're an ambassador for Christ. You're the best citizen in your community. Why? Because you represent Jesus everywhere you go. And the world ought to say, you know what? You represent a royalty. Because of that, I'm drawn to that. And I want you to notice the next thing. It says, like the palm tree, every Christian, how many Christians? Should show uprightness of character and moral straightness because we are to express Christ living in us. We all all ought to represent Jesus in that way. uh, In a way that demonstrates that Everywhere we go, we ought to 
We ought to demonstrate uprightness of character and moral straightness because we express Christ that lives in us. And the more I wrote, read about that and wrote about that, I wrote point number four, and I was impressed with me when I wrote point number four. The palm tree expresses its inward life on the outside by its height of heavenly exaltation. When I read that, go back there. When I wrote that word exaltation, I thought, Brother Jackie, I can't believe you wrote that. That's so good. Oh, heavenly exaltation. And I thought, I didn't know I had that in me. To write such a word is beautiful and as important as that. And then I went on, I thought, well, if I did that, I might as well write the rest of it. Dignity, elevation, and nobleness. And I thought, you know what? That's a God that we serve, isn't he? He's heavenly exalted. He is the God on the throne. He is a God that is above all gods. He's been exalted to the high place. He's a dignified. He's elevated. He is noble. Can I get an amen, church? How many of you believe that we serve a God just like that? Would you give him praise? Because he's an awesome God. He's not, he's not some little bitty something. No, he's elevated. He's noble. And guys, as palm trees, that's who we represent. We represent a God that's been exalted. And there's a song that Brother Randy leads us in, I exalt thee. That song just talks about how we exalt God. He's far above. He's a God that is exalted. He's not the president of the United States. Oh, no, he's much more important than that. He's the supreme God of this universe. Can I give an amen? And we get to represent him. He's living in us. Good night, y'all. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm something. Go ahead and tell them, I'm something. I'm, some, I'm something because of who lives in me. Something. Man ought to walk right, talk right, act right, live right. Why? Because I represent him. And I'm a palm tree. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not an, I'm not an old beat down weeping willow. No. I'm a palm tree. That's who God said I am. I'm not some old blown over oak tree. No, I'm a palm tree. I mean, I look good on the outside. And I'm showing, I'm showing it. On, I feel good on the inside. I'm showing it on the outside. Why? Because Christ lives in me. Can I get an amen? Now, let me give you this. This is achieved by actively planting our roots deep, deep. You got to plant your roots Deep in the grace of God. You've, you've got to get deep in the grace of God. The Bible says where sin abound, grace does much more abound. The Bible says that, that God's grace is sufficient for his strength is made perfect in our weakness. You've got to get deep, deep in the grace of God. You've got to get deep in the spirit of God. You've got to get deep in the word of God. There's some of you that when we give an invitation this morning, are you listening? Say amen. You need to run to the altar. You need to say, God, God, today, I need to get deep in your grace, your, your unmerited favor. God, I know, I know I'm nothing but you're everything. God, I'm going through things right now in my life and I need some grace. God, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna come to this altar and I wanna ask you, Lord, to teach me how to go 
deep in your grace. God, I'm going to ask you to manifest to me how I can go deep in your spirit. God, I want to know how to go deep in your word, Lord. I've been a surface believer way too long, God. I'm not, I want to get deeper into you. And some of you need to come to this altar and say, God, I want to come and get deep with you. I want you to take me deeper, Lord, than I've ever been. And then the next thing is powerful to me. This is achieved by setting your mind and your heart on things above. You've got to discipline your mind and your heart because how many of you know once you're saved, the devil just attacks your mind all the time? Can I get an amen? He just bombards your mind. Your mind is the battleground and you have to learn to say, God, I, I need my mind. I need to set my mind. I need to set my mind on things above and not things below. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 1, it says, If you then be risen with Christ, come on now, help me, seek those things which are above and not below, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. Read the next verse with me. Set your affection on what? Things above and not on things of the earth. Some of you right now, this is going to be weird to you, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to come to this altar with all the junk you've got in your mind, all the stuff you've got in your mind, and you need to just come and you need to put your hands around your head and you need to symbolically come to this altar and just say, God... I've got all this stuff that's running through my brain, all this stuff that's running through my mind, and Lord, today, I want, to, I want to take it out, and I want to lay it on the altar, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to, instead of me focusing on all that junk and all that garbage and all that stuff and all that, that anxiety and all that depression and all that worry, God, I'm just going to take it out of my mind, and I'm going to lay it on this altar, and God, I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm not going to set my mind on things below no more. I'm tired of battling that battle. I'm sick of that. So God, I'm just going to unload my mind today. Some of you this morning need to come to this altar and you need to literally, I know it's going to look weird for you, but I'm telling you, you need to come to literally put your hand on your head and unload the garbage out of your mind. And you need to get that out of your head. And you need to say, God, I'm going to give that to you. And I'm going to unload my mind today of all this depression and all this anxiety and all this discouragement and all this crisis and all this junk that my mind saturated. I'm not going to set my mind on things on this earth no more. I'm done with that. God, I'm going to lay it down here on this altar and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to release that to you, God. I'm going to release that to you and I'm going to set my mind on things above. God, you're living in me and because you're living in me, I'm going to set my mind on things above where you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where my focus is going to be from now on. It's not going to be on the junk. It's not going to be on the things that there are. Some of you are so bombarded with all the things on this earth that you don't have time to search deep and find the God that loves you. Then I want you to look at the next thing. This is achieved by allowing God to produce Christ in and through my life. You've got to let Jesus come in and through you. The book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 3 says, You're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You've got to let Jesus come alive to you. You've got to let Jesus be produced in and through your life. 
The bottom line is a powerful one to me. Can you be identified as a Christian by what others see from you on the outside? Does the world know you're a Christian because of what they see in you? Would you influence others to come to know Christ by the life that you live, the joy that you exude, the peace that you have, the victory you talk about? Can they say, oh, you're a Christian. You look like a palm tree to me. You look like a palm tree to me. You know what? In a moment, we're going to give an invitation. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, our ministers are going to come right now. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you'd like to come to know him today, they're here. They're here to talk with you. If you'd like to be a member of this church, they're going to be here and they're going to talk to you about how to do that. If you'd like to be a member and join, you'd like to be baptized, you need to come down and, and make that decision today. But some of you, as soon as we stand, some of you need to, you need to put your hand over your heart. You need to walk down this altar. You need to lay your heart on this altar. You need to find Jesus living in there. And you need to say, Lord, I need for you to come alive in my heart. I need for you to come alive in my heart, God. Some of you need to put your hand on your head where you've been filled with anxiety and discouragement, depression and confusion and junk and garbage, stuff and things. You need to walk down to this altar and I don't care what anybody says or if you think they'll laugh at you, I don't care about all that stuff. You need to come down and you need to unload your mind on this altar. You need to say, God, I'm going to set my mind on things above. I, wanna, I want you to manifest yourself in me and you can't do that when my mind's clogged up with all this junk. And I'm going to come, Lord, and I'm going to lay all this down and get rid of it and I'm going to ask you, God, to just exalt yourself through my life. Today, we're going to stand together, and I want you to do that. If you want to come to Christ, come to one of these men. If you want to join the church, come to one of these men. If you want to come and take your head in your hands and just say, God, I am tired of this mess, and I want you to take it then you need to come and do that. So today, I want you to stand all of this place. You've got to make a decision what you're going to do. So who will just come and make that decision today? Will you come as we sing? You come right now.